Lucky Legacy. Welcome back to the Elevate Polk podcast, and this happens to be lucky number seven for this season. And I'm your host, Chris Ann Long, and with me today as my co-pilot, Nate the Great Kendrick. How are you, Nate? I'm excited to be here. I'm always excited to be here. Good. And I was teasing with Annie talking about how I'm going to continue to say Nate the Great. She says, you have to. You have to. Yeah. The the listeners are so used to it now. It's just, you know, they're waiting for it. They'll they'll wonder what happened, like why you're not so great if I don't say it anymore. (laughs) Nate the average. (laughs) Yeah, right? Nate the average. (laughs) And we have an awesome guest with us today. I'm super excited to introduce our audience to Jack McHugh. Hello. Everyone knows him as the guy at Molly McHugh's, and so we're going to talk a little bit about his story and get you guys caught up with everything that's going on at our favorite Irish pub in Polk County. So let's welcome you to the show. Awesome. Really happy to be here, guys. Um, have you ever done a podcast before? I haven't, so it's a first for me. Woo-hoo. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm excited. Nice. Very cool. I always, I always like to ask. I never think to ask, but I always realize the, the people that come in and they're just like, they're ready to rock, mm. but you're ready to rock. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking some stuff like radio. Like we usually for Patty's Day and stuff, we'll do it, go on the radio and stuff like that. So mm. okay, so you're not, not first, you're not stranger not, to the microphone, yeah. but podcasting yeah, specifically. Yeah. Okay, well, cool. Well, so we are gonna just walk our listeners through a little bit of the history, the the before Jack history of Molly's, so that we can kind of get the whole story from beginning to now. Okay, so if you want to tell us your version of the Molly McHugh's history, the legacy. Uh, why don't you start wherever you would like to start? Yeah, so I think it starts back in Ireland, um, in Galway, where my dad was born. Um, as a year as a twenty-year-old kid, he moved over to Boston, um, started just doing whatever jobs he could. Um, then eventually met my mother. They moved down to Orlando. Uh, my father was running an Irish pub in Orlando and decided he's doing all the work. May as well, may as well own it. So uh, he started scouting out locations for his pub, came to Lakeland and just absolutely fell in love. Um, back then, downtown Lakeland wasn't, wasn't anywhere near where it is <laughs> right. right now. He was a catalyst um, for a lot of the growth. Yeah. So yeah. So he, he opened the pub actually May 15th, um, will be 25 years. Oh, well. Um, so he opened the pub and um, well, he brought something to downtown that they had never seen before, and a lot of people were really surprised by that. So, I actually wasn't even born then. Um, <laughs> so that was in '96. I was born in '97. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of had the unique opportunity of growing up with the business. Um, it's it was when I was a kid, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, yeah, every every kid grows up in a bar. Like I didn't <laughs> understand that it was weird or different or cool. It was just it was just what we did. Um, Talk about your siblings and and the family in general. Just give them all a shout out. So there's four of us. I'm the youngest of four. Um, my sisters are twins, Katie and Grace. Um, they're the oldest. They're the bosses. Um, <laughs> so uh, growing up, there's them. And uh, Seamus is two years older than me. So we were all within four years. So it was a lot of fun. Um, my parents really put an onus on that the bars, and because at that time we had three, that the bars weren't just what they did it was what our family does mm-hmm. um so we from a young age we were in there cleaning bathrooms scraping gum off tables things mm. like that um and it was just normal for us our summers were spent in the pub um working so for me it was always something that i enjoyed doing um and from a young age i'd say when i was three or four i i knew that i wanted to run the pub um i always loved the story i told my kindergarten teacher you know when they go around and they ask like what do you want to be when you grow up? Everyone says, astronaut, I'll be a teacher, whatever. Um, I told my teacher I wanted to own a bar. 
And I bet that was the first <laughs> yeah, time she yeah, had yeah, a student I think say she that. She was taken back by that. Uh, I think she told my parents, and my dad was like, had to explain it. Um, <laughs> what own a bar. <laughs> so with that, I've always kind of, I've been able to tailor uh, my education, my my work experience to this, and um, I've, I'm fortunate in that I've had the ability to work at, with some really great people and really intelligent people. And I was lucky enough to have my father as a as my first kind of mentor in this business. And in my opinion, there's no one that could do it better than he could. He was he was incredible. So to be able to grow up with that role model um, and just bouncing questions off of him, I think really helped me develop. Absolutely, yeah. And and I have never I never had the chance to meet your dad. I came into the Lakeland community a little bit late, but he is a legacy in in just by name and by. Um, commitment to the community you know and I think that that's what I what I think about when I think of Molly McHugh's because I have watched your mom and just how everything has just kind of continued to be maintained as a commitment to our community so I just think that you're stepping in and I've just watched you kind of you know in in the last year or so just become the the leader you know of the community which is 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 exciting to watch you know the new generation the young generation coming in and being a part of the community and in the way that you're doing it with such grace um and i just i just admire admire the way that you've done that and i haven't had a chance to tell you that until now so i appreciate that thank you keep doing what you're doing thank you yeah i think it's it's exciting it's one of those i was talking to one of my friends the other day and um i think we get so caught up in the day-to-day and everything like that I had to step back and I just kind of realized I'm I'm living what I've always dreamed of becoming and it's 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 a lot of fun. Uh, but it's hard. Yeah, it's 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 difficult, but I I've, I've kind of known the challenges my whole life because I grew up seeing them. So Right. So mm. the gum is no nothing new. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the secret? What's the easiest way to get gum off of a table? Uh razor blade. Razor blade. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you have plenty of those around oh, yeah. to take oh, yeah. care of that. Okay. Um so let's talk I want to talk a little bit about the coming of age how that dream never changed mm-hmm. okay so at kindergarten you're saying I want to be the, I want to own a bar it's easy for us to look around our parents and say that's what I want to do because we see our parents and we, we just say I want to be that you know I want to be my dad I want to be my mom um, but that hasn't changed so what what was that like as you were probably around a lot of people growing up and going through school that didn't have a clue what they wanted to be when they grew up, you know, and you've kind of always kind of had that path in, in front of you. Can you talk a little bit about knowing what you want to do and how that was different for you for than for the people that you hung around with? Yeah, it was different. Um, I think early on in life, it was not really taken seriously because like you said, you're a kid, you say whatever. Um, and then as I got older and started working in the pub and I I worked my first night there as a bar back when I was 12 years old. Um, actually, Patty's Day night, um, so it was quite an introduction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so then throughout high school, it was always I'd go to school and then go to work. It was it was never it was never anything different. Um, obviously, played sports and stuff like that in high school. And yeah, like you said, all my friends they didn't know what they wanted to do. Their their high school jobs were just something to pay for gas and mm-hmm. th- th- go to the movies on the weekends. Whereas mine was learning and getting ready for what I wanted to do. Um, so then as I moved into college, it was kind of an easy option to pick a major because I already knew what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, I went into tourism and hospitality management with a concentration in hotel restaurant uh, management. I went to the University of Florida 
Go Gators. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's no whoop whoop for me. Oh, man. It's all good. <laughs> Too bad right. Craig's not the co-host. <laughs> I, you'd get a whoop from I him. Yeah, I definitely would have. Um, so, yeah, then I... I enjoyed my time there probably a little bit too much um (laughs) it was a lot of fun and um throughout my time there um did get a bit of studying done and uh was lucky enough to have a few internships um one with the first one being with um universal um their hotels so their hotels are ran by a company called lowe's hotels so i worked with them um in one of their orlando locations and that was I experienced so much growth there just because mm. that was the first job that I had had that my parents weren't my boss. Right, mm. right, right. Yeah. So having to report to someone and having to try to please a boss that doesn't have to be pleased by you. Like, mm. you are, yeah. Was that a was that a tough adjustment at first? It was, but it wasn't at the same time because there was always. It wasn't like when I was growing up. It was expectations weren't less because I was working for my parents. It was always mm. high expectations, but it was different just unfamiliar territory I, I i wasn't used to it um but i think i experienced a lot of growth there and at the, at first i'm sure i didn't do well i think the first the first night i was on the floor as manager i i had like five or six guests leave oh, hating no. me absolutely hating me oh well <laughs> but it's how can you hate that smile yeah, i mean at right, least right. you you, you just want to smile them and charm them back yeah, right i don't know um <laughs> but yeah i think it, you need to experience that to then bounce back and experience yeah. growth mm-hmm. um so then i had a couple in other internships um one at a barbecue place in um gainesville called four rivers oh yeah mm. um yeah, yeah good, shout good, out to four rivers yeah. i hear rumors that great there's, good, there's great one good, coming good. no I've, I've eaten there but i've heard that there's one coming to polk county Ooh, okay. that's a rumor though I Uh-oh. So. <laughs> it's, it's great barbecue and great company um great place to work for um they actually they wanted me to work for them after I graduated, but I wound up taking a job with a company called Hillstone. So they have probably about fifty locations throughout the country, um, and I was kind of conflicted because I had a few offers out of college, and just in talking to my professors and a few mentors I had in the industry, they they really suggested I go with that. They had a training program that went about six months. And that was really what I wanted from a job out of college was the option was there to go straight back to the pub and take over. Mm. But I still felt, despite the fact that I had a couple of internships, I felt I needed to learn more um, to be the best that I could be for the bar. Was that um, 100% you thinking you needed more or was there maybe mom wanting you to have a little bit more experience? Was there a combination or was that was so, it all you? Funny enough, mom didn't even want me to go to college. Okay. Mm. Mom wanted me to go straight, straight, to, straight, straight, straight into it. Okay. And, uh, so then, after graduation, she wanted me to go straight. Was, I think I think it was it was there wasn't much pressure. It was really up to me, which is I think why I've always stayed the course of wanting to do this because there's never been pressure on doing it. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's I've, a great. I, say that again. There's never been pressure. That's what made it yeah. easy for you I to stay on that course. That was that was what it was never that I had to do it. It was mm-hmm. always that I wanted to do it. Um, and I think in a lot of family businesses, there's this pressure of you have to do this or this is what you're going to do or this is your legacy. Yeah that no kid can grow up with that and no especially young adult that's trying to figure out what they want to do with their life that's just entirely too much pressure and there was never that on me which is why I think I wound up doing it because it was just always fun for me right did did Katie Grace or Seamus ever want to run the bar or was that none of them had any interest in it no interest wow which is why yeah I mean people always like always say to me like oh you're the youngest like why'd you get it I was the one that that always wanted wanted it it. Mm -hmm. wow got it so that's cool. Um, 
so take us take us through that process of um internship working working okay for four rivers and then hillside is what it was called hillstone hillstone um and you needing more experience or feeling like you needed to have more experience so what were those conversations like who who were you talking to at the time who's who are your mentors i mean other than other than obviously having an amazing dad when you were young um your mom obviously you know wanting wanting the bar to continue to succeed and and feeling like you were going to play a role but who do you go to when you need to kind of get some advice so i have a few i mean it's it's one of those i don't think we in the time i don't think you realize someone was a mentor to you i think it's after the fact so when i was at the universal place i had two managers one was named Ante, who he was amazing. He was this old Croatian guy, and he had worked on cruise ships for years, and mm. he knew everything. Mm. And just not even asking questions. Just we were when we were in the office, just doing work. I'm working on one computer, he's working on another, and just bounce, just talking. Like mm-hmm. just his life experience. I just learned so much out of that. And then I also had a mentor there named John, who was my direct manager, and he had been out of college for probably about three years I'd been working at this job so I looked at him as someone that I wanted to be in three years time mm-hmm. so it, he was he was really helpful and was one of those people that even still I can I know I could message him I, I haven't talked to him in a while but if I did then I'd be fine um and beyond that it's actually funny to say because I'm technically now his boss but one of my bartenders Joe Varco um he's been working for us for 21 years now oh yeah. wow and so there's not a situation in the bar that he hasn't seen uh, everybody knows him it's he's one of those larger than life characters um but just being able to go to him and ask him hey like i haven't encountered this situation what 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 did we do in the past yeah like what yeah. worked for us in the past with this and that's been a great resource for me and there's, there's a few people like that for me um also the just right across the street from us um, at Palace Pizza. They're great. They kind of have the same situation as us where um, it's now being ran by the second generation. And similarly, they, we opened in 96, they opened in 97. So mm. I I think it's really cool that we're, we're right across the road from them. And all of them, I know that I can go to them and ask them for anything and they'll help us out. And mm. they know that they could do the same for us. So I, I consider all those them to be my mentors There's just as well. so much wisdom and I don't, I don't even know how old you are, but I know that you're wiser than your years. <laughs> um, just listening to the lessons, the, the understanding of being able to, like, just, what was his name? Uh, the Croatian guy? Ante. Ante. Um, just knowing that you you wanted to hear those stories, right? So he, you just listened to what he had to tell you, and you wanted you learned from him. You were a sponge. I can almost see you just like, all right, you know, t- tell me about that time, and tell me about that time. Yeah. Um, so what about, like, from a... So who has influenced as far as the customer service side? Because I feel like um, you are that your 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 game is strong in <laughs> being you know customer service friendly and focused on just the experience at being at Molly's. It, I, I've noticed a shift in the in just the few times that I've been back since you've been in in you know in charge. I'm, it's kind of a weird thing to say. You're in charge. I know, it feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> but um, talk about like where you what your positioning is and where you've learned you know kind of your um, I don't know your your thoughts toward customer service i don't know i mean i never f- i don't feel like i ever learned i don't think anyone ever learns how to how to customer service for me it was just, i grew up in the pub and i was talking to customers from when i can 
could talk. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I just grew up with it. And I think customer service is one of those things. Like, it's it's one of those things that could be made really simple. It's just treat people with respect and treat people well, and then they're gonna reciprocate. I yeah. think it's, it's it gets over over complicated sometimes. Um, a place I worked before, they everything was scripted with customer service, and I was terrible at it. Oh, yeah. Because I'd walk mm. over every situation, I was just like, insert this. And right. It was just, I'd walk over there and I'd say it, and I wouldn't even mean what I was saying. I wouldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, and yeah, so I think it's just one of those things just treat people well, and they'll treat you well back. And then what about the unruly? Um, you're you're working in a bar. It gets late. <laughs> you know what's that process? That's what How I've got do you the big handle that? For. <laughs> That's, I got the security guys for that one. Um, no, but even that, like, it's just it's a confidence thing. If you approach it confidently and go up and be strong about what you're saying, and people usually listen. So I want to pull a Chrisanne uh, real quick and and go back a little bit to uh, when you were talking about. Uh, not really feeling like you were necessarily ready to take over the bar when did you feel like you were like all right I've gone through the necessary training I've, I've taken the necessary steps with the jobs and the internships and I'm, I'm ready honestly I don't think I even now feel ready like, mm. I think it's just one of those things that's you're always learning you're always you're always getting better yeah I think if the second that you stop getting better then that's when you start to get worse mm. so for me it was I was at Hillstone and I'd worked with them at their um, Winter Park location. And it was, I did their training program and it was the hardest few months of my life. It mm. was, I was working 70, 80 hours a week, like mm. in the kitchen on my feet, like and expectations there were high. It was, you had to be perfect. You, there's no such thing as an off day. You had to be on it every day, every day. Um, and I think that was really challenging to me because for me, everywhere that I'd ever been, I could be successful just off of working hard. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't doing well, I just worked harder and I got better at it. There, that wasn't the case. Hard work wasn't enough there. Was, mm-hmm. You had to have the knowledge. You mm-hmm. had to have the experience, everything like that. And I challenged it, that challenged me a lot, and I struggled with it at first. And then, so I got through the training program. I was told I did well. I don't know. I didn't feel like I did. <laughs> um, it's kind of like you made uh, it through. So yeah. <laughs> um, and they sent me down to West Palm, um, West Palm Beach, their location there, and that was a whole new beast. It was um, like super, super um, fancy restaurant, mm. which I was not used to. I'm used mm-hmm. to neighborhood pub. Like, yeah. yeah, it's completely different. Um, famous people coming in every night. Oh, I well. met Bob Kraft. I met Ricky Fowler. Howard Stern came in one night. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Robert, James Patterson ate lunch there like four times a week. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really cool, um, but very challenging because mm. with that comes the guest expectations are you have to be on every time. Right. And um, that was very difficult for me. Again, I don't think I did a very good job, but I learned a lot there, and I, it, it helped me grow. And then I, towards this time, I guess February last year, I started, I came home for a week and I worked in the pub because I, I got a week off work because mm-hmm. I've been working there nonstop, basically, not really taking any days off for almost a year now. Um, so they were like, take a week, go do whatever you want. So I wound up coming home. <laughs> so you went to work. <laughs> uh, so I came home, yeah. Um, and just hung around the pub for a week worked whatever um and i just found i didn't want to go back Mm. Mm. and i was like i just want to stay here i just want to keep doing this this is what i love to do 
And the whole drive back down to West Palm, I was trying to convince myself not to put in my two weeks the next day. And got back, went to bed, woke up the next morning, had to be at work at, I think, three. And the whole time I just was trying to convince myself not to put in my two weeks. Worked that night. Hated it. Mm. Put in my two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I was, just, I was, I, I, I had known, I knew that I was checked out, and yeah. I knew that where mm. I belonged was back here. Mm. And so, of course, the worst timing in the world. I took over the pub March first, twenty twenty. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Fifteen days before the shutdown, or seventeen wow. days before the shutdown. <laughs> so yeah, one of my bartenders always jokes. He was joking with me when we got shut down on. Um, March 17th, St. Patty's Day last year, we're all kind of sulking around because we don't know when we're going to be able to work again. And so we're all sat around a table, finishing up numbers, whatever. We have a beer. And we're all kind of just looking down, all feeling sorry for ourselves. And one of my bartenders, Brendan, he looks at me and he goes, you know, Jack, the pub's been around 24 years. You run it for two weeks, and we have to close down. Oh, <laughs> and nice, Brendan. And we all just burst out laughing. And it was, it was such just a, like, it felt good to laugh. It felt good to smile. So mm. it, was, it was exactly what we needed in that moment. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, funny. And for listeners that don't know, um, my husband, Craig, his son, Alex, works with Jack. And it's funny because I can't say for Jack. It's just, like, it's, it's not rolling yeah. yet. You I, know? I don't even really say people work for, for me. But I, I, have I, this, don't, I, I, I don't think they do. I think we're, we're a team. I'm just the person that makes the decisions i guess yeah, yeah yeah but it's funny because i have that same complex um i was at i was i don't remember where i was but olivia who works for us at maximize her friend kendall saw me out and she's like introducing me to her friend saying this is olivia's boss and i'm like i'm nobody's boss yeah. <laughs> like that just doesn't i don't i don't wear <laughs> yeah. that word well yeah. so i it can, I can yeah, totally relate I, I don't i don't like that word <laughs> but yeah so yeah and then i remember just the struggles of you know talking to alex and you know figuring out what are we going to do and how is how are how is every so talk talk to mm. us about what you, how you handled um being the leader being new to the job, new, mm. new to the role, now having to think about your employees in a way that you had never really had the responsibility to think about, um, what what kind of pressures, what kind of feelings were going through your mind when all that happened? I mean, you couldn't control it, but you also cared about making sure that they were taken care of, I'm, I'm going to assume. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was difficult because it was one of those, they all knew me because I had been around. Um, it was kind of known that I was going to eventually come back. But having only been their boss for... Right, there's that boss word again. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, felt weird again. Um, having only been their boss for 17 days, I'm trying to earn their respect. I'm trying mm-hmm. to prove to them that I'm going to work for them, I, that we're going to move forward and everything like that. And then I've got to lay them all off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I had only been the boss, I had only been the manager there for 17 days. And I had to tell my entire staff that I don't know when you're going to be able, when you're going to have a job again. And that was, that was really challenging. And then as we're working through the shutdown, I was trying to just find little odd jobs for each of them to do, just something that we can help them out. But at the same time, trying to save money for the pub because we don't know when we're going to be able to make money again. And throughout that, trying to do to-goes was very challenging. Mm. So I basically, I started, so we got shut down. We were closed for about a week, and then I I started doing, We I opened up basically as a to-go liquor store. Mm-hmm. And... I thought it was going to go a lot better than it did. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It didn't go well at all. I sat out there. I set up a little table out front of Molly's with signs, like pricing, everything like that. Right. And I'd get there at noon every day, and I'd stay till 7. I did that for, I think, 60 straight days. 
And if I sold $20 worth of stuff in a day, it was a good day. Oh, man. It was wow. terrible. In that 60 days, yeah. we only did $2,000 in sales. Oh, <laughs> wow. man. Yeah. Wow. It, was, it was one of those. It was, it was terrible. I hated every second of it. But I think I grew a lot. Mm. Just having to sit out there every day, just like, I don't know, it it made me so much hungrier for when then we were able to open back up. Right. It was just, I don't care what I have, how many hours I have to do work. It's just, I'm so happy that I can, we can do this again. Right, right. So let's talk a little bit too about how creative, I think you got creative at one point in time. I, I was, I was, I, you were doing all of the research to figure out when, when the secondary shut down for bars and nightclubs or whatever came along, figuring out what was going to happen and how you're like, okay, I've done this for 60 days. This is not going to work. We've got to figure something else out. And I, did you find a loophole or how who you, you, you weren't going to take it lying down. That's what I watched is just like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. So what did you do when that secondary shutdown came along and you're like, well, we can qualify based on this, 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 or this. What were the, how did that happen? Yeah. So it was, it was one of those things I was, I guess reading the fine print, I guess mm-hmm. is, is what you had to do. Um, so the order came out, um, and I'm reading through it, and it basically exp- the first order had been saying for the longest time the orders had been saying that you had to do at least fifty percent food, mm-hmm. which for us were mainly a bar. There was no way that we would do that and be profitable. Right. Mm. So we weren't doing that, and then kind of quietly the governor the the governor took away that 50% and did it just if you have food. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really announced anything like that. I was just reading through. I would read through the orders like every day just to see if there was any changes. Mm-hmm. And reading through it one day, I saw it said, as long as you have a food license, it didn't even say anything about food. It just said, as long as you have a food, food license, license. Yeah. you were good to open. So I lost my mind and ran up to the pub and took out our license. We had luckily we used to serve food back in the day when we first opened Mm -hmm. we hadn't served food in probably 15 years but my mom being the smart woman she is she just kept the license active the whole time it was only it was only about i think like 10 or 50 dollars like 50 dollars a year so she just kept it going yeah and i saw that i got i got that license the goosebumps right now it was was like (laughs) that 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 emotional roller coaster that day i think in that day i had found out we could open and then found out we couldn't like five different times mm-hmm. and by the end of the day I was just like someone give me an answer right so um yeah in that I called Colin um even the state like one person would tell me I could open one person would tell me I couldn't mm-hmm. so I finally just got to a point I was like someone please so ultimately found out I could open um got in contact with our field agent from the um I think it's partner uh, business or something like that one of the state dbpr yeah okay that's that's it talk to him i asked him hey come out to the pub tell me what it is i have to do Mm -hmm. and so he came out and he's i i was reading through it i showed him i said it doesn't say anything about food i've got this license can i just open without food because i have the license Mm -hmm. and he was like jack please just serve food food. just make it easy like yeah so then called up our cisco rep and he was our Big shout out to him. Shout out to John. Yeah. Um, from Thanks, Cisco. John. Oh, maybe I need a guy. Yeah. So he came up and I was like, we have to build a menu because we hadn't done food in 15 years. I had never built a menu. Before. Well, with one exception, one day out of the year, yeah, you've always day. done so, food. So. so, yeah, we had that. So we had that to work off of. And then so he came up and we spent a couple hours just going over 
what what works what works i didn't want to have to pay a kitchen a cook to sit back there all day because mm. i didn't know i didn't know how busy we were going to be it mm-hmm. was still in the height of the pandemic people were still scared so we figured out a way where we could do all fried food so i don't know if you guys were worked in kitchens fried food is the easiest thing in the world you right. drop mm. in a fryer yeah. wait for it to float pull it up so um it was good to know i didn't know that yeah it was one of those that we could i could do it i could have food and i could train all my bartenders on how to cook the food being that easy and not have to pay a cook to be back there and just have the bartenders do it as they work Mm -hmm. so we opened up like that and we had our menu consisted of chicken tenders and french fries fish and chips and what we call chips and gravy. It's French fries um, seasoned with um, a blackened seasoning, and then a Guinness gravy on the side, which mm. if you've ever had the it's Guinness gravy. The Guinness ours. gravy is to die for. Oh my God. It's good. I could drink good. it. Yeah, just drink it straight. <laughs> it's disgusting to think of, but I, I've seen a lot of people do it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, open like that. Um, and, again, called the staff in for a staff meeting and kind of explained to them what we were doing, explained to them the changes, going non-smoking because of now we're now we have food you can't Mm -hmm. have food and smoking so so this is what we're gonna do and i expected them to all have such pushback like what do you mean jack how are we gonna do this how are we gonna do this Mm -hmm. how are we gonna do this and there was none of that it Mm -hmm. was just every one of them was like all right let's do this let's go whatever we have to do to get back to work yeah there was no there was no like well what about this what about Mm -hmm. this what about this it was just yeah, we know there's going to be kinks. We know there's mm. going to be weird things along the way, but let's do it. Like, wow. Let's have some fun. So let's let's talk about that for a minute because I am so familiar with the resistance, mm. right, of, okay, I'm the leader, and I'm not saying that my team necessarily resists, but I'm familiar with, well, what are, you, what are we going to do about this thing? And what, what have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? And the answer is no. You haven't had a chance to think about it. So you're you're making this decision basically – in the minute, right? From one minute to the other. Um, what a great blessing that there wasn't that, like a whole lot of pushback for you to have to deal with answering all of these other questions that you couldn't answer yet, right? Like, exactly. It was It was actually like, I. it was amazing because it was one of those, I, I printed up a sheet to hand out. These are all the regulations that we're going to have to do. Well, people are going to have more masks, six feet apart, everything like that. And I was behind the bar. They all sat at the bar stools. I basically just told them all what we're doing, and there was just a. Once I got to the bottom of the list, there was just a. I asked if there was any questions, and I think the only question there was was someone jokingly asked if we had vegan options. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I was like, no, seriously, no questions. No. And everyone was just like, let's do it, let's go. Wow. Cool. And yeah, we actually afterwards we all had a beer and we we're just like, all right, this is what we're gonna do. Let's let's get after it. Wow. What do you think uh, gave you? Because I mean, I can only imagine having to go through those loopholes while things are consistently getting shut down and consistent nose what what do you think kind of gave you that mental toughness to just say i'm just not going to give up no matter what i'm just going to keep pushing even if you didn't see i think a lot of it was i was just so sick of sitting outside about selling anything yeah Yeah. (laughs) it kind of gave me a hunger to (laughs) all right anything's got to be better than this yeah yeah so a lot of it was that and i don't know i think i think we irish are a stubborn group so mm. when we're told we can't do something, we, <laughs> we usually want to want to find a way around it. So yeah, it was it was one of those. It was I felt like I I had to do it. To it was my responsibility to the staff. It was my responsibility to the bar to find a way for us to open for us. Because at the time, who like there was one point where 
like who knows if a lot of businesses got to this and you don't know if are we ever going to be able to open again are mm. we is, right. the, is the money going to run out and we're going to have to shut down like it was right. one of those and i kind of take it as a responsibility to my family to my dad to everyone to the staff to i took it as that to keep the place going and this was mm. the way that i was going to be able to do it and that we were going to be able to do it so it it was one of those I was gonna exhaust every option until I found a way to do it, and yeah, it was. It, it, we opened up then. I think July tenth. I think I want to mm. say was when we opened back up, and just it was weird and it was different. But again, it was just roll with it. Just make it up as as we go. Mm. Right. And it 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 turned out good. Elevate Polk podcast listeners, are you ready to level up? If you're interested in starting a podcast or if you need a studio setting to record video to grow your business, our podcast production team is gearing up to serve the community of people with great ideas who want to share their message with the world. If that sounds like you, get started today by visiting MaximizeDigital.com forward slash studio to learn more about the podcast and video packages available. Just mention you heard about the studio on the Elevate Polk podcast and you'll unlock exclusive pricing just for our listeners. So you don't have all the answers. You've admitted that, right? Um, Did you think that or do you think that maybe what was holding you back from saying, okay, I'm ready is because you thought that you needed to have all of the answers and maybe you didn't realize that quite honestly the leaders don't really always have all the answers <laughs> yeah so that that was something i had to learn was because you see it especially in lakeland i think we have so many great business leaders there mm. and you look at them and you think like god that person just gets it like they have everything they have everything like they figured know out everything they've got it all figured out there's they've got it yeah like, i thought that about my dad there's so many other business leaders in lakeland that i think that about but then as i started doing it and started running the bar and everything like that, I realized nobody has any clue what's going on. Right. Mm. And yeah. it's just, you take it day by day and just as, as issues arise or as opportunities arise, you just jump at it. And it was one of those that in make, my whole life I had thought like, God, the decisions, like like these hard decisions, I don't, I didn't think I had the ability to make the decision on them. I didn't think I had the confidence to. And then I was kind of forced into it mm. throughout the shutdown. And I did make them, and I was able to, and it was kind of one of those I had to step back, like, all right, you are ready for this. Like, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I just think I'm just holding up the mirror for you for a second. You're talking about these business leaders, and you're one of them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really look at myself as that yet. But you, I think but I've got you, a long way to go. To you don't that. have to look at yourself that way. I'm telling you, I see it, and I'm I'm here in the business community, and I'm looking at you, and I'm seeing you leading, and, and it's just – it's a breath of fresh air, mm. not because we needed a breath of fresh air, but just because there were so many opportunities for you to go, okay, I'm tapping out. I'm mm. done. I can't do this. I wasn't ready. Whatever, you know, and, and th- there would have been a perfect excuse. You know, it's the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. You know, nobody would have blamed you. Nobody would have said, oh, you know, you know, he just didn't have it. No, it was a pandemic, right? So you have persevered and that stubborn, you know, Irish blood that you have has allowed that. But I I also think that there's this character that you are that I hope that 
but my, by me saying this, it might mean something, but even if it doesn't, no, yeah, I really appreciate it that. really you. is time for you to Thank kind you. of step into that space and say, I am a business leader. I'm, I am there. Now, obviously we all know as business leaders, one, one to another, that we never stop learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't, by, by saying I'm a business leader or that I have, I have arrived, if you will, um, that doesn't mean the journey is over. Yeah. That means really just means the journey has just begun and the responsibility just gets a lot greater yeah. as yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with Christiane. I, you know, this is my first interaction with you, man, but just hearing you speak, I mean, what a story, dude. Thank like, you. Thank you. This is, especially in a time when there was so much chaos and uncertainty and is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? And just to, to, even if it's like a little glimmer of light, you're just like, I'm going to go towards that. That's yeah. huge, man. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. It's always great to hear, hear <laughs> stuff like that about being said. So thank you guys. I really appreciate that. Well, and you know, because of Alex working there, I have a little bit more, you know, I, I, I follow along more closely than probably I would have. And so I'm, I'm just, hopefully he doesn't complain about me too much. No, he hasn't complained at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, if I'm speaking for him, but I think he admires what you're doing and he's happy to be led by, you know, by, by somebody that that's leading in the way you're leading. We're looking so. at him. So yeah. I'm glad, yeah. Um, so let's, let's kind of move. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what's coming up for you actually today as we, launch this podcast today um st patrick's day so you have a tradition in downtown so so if you're listening to the podcast right now and it's before you know the evening you should make plans to attend and get out there and be a part of the part of this this celebration beer a lot of lot of great irish music great food um julie phillips she cooks for us each year Hmm. and she is an insane talent i mean it's what that woman could do with in a kitchen is just insane she's cooking the corned beefs right now um and it's amazing it's i think it's she outdid herself but each year she just gets better and better at it mm. and you think like the, there's no way she'd get better next year and then she does and i know so. she she has some incredible talents that she's been throughout the city like she was worked in a, a lot of different places so um I, I just love that she gets to do that for you every year yeah she's yeah she's worked a lot of different places um she's currently at 1961 um so marcos was nice enough to loan her to us for the week so i really appreciate that <laughs> that's good that's yeah. good so let's talk about the the, the story behind the celebration obviously it's st patrick's day it's an irish tradition um but how has that tradition been a part of your life you know even as a child and then the 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 downtown um the streets get closed you know how long has that been going on yeah so growing up i went i went to small catholic school actually just right across the road here at st joe's Mm -hmm. and so small school small class sizes all all the teachers knew all the administration knew Patty's dead. The McHughes aren't coming. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the the McHughes are are at work, so we'd usually get checked out around noon, and um, we'd walk over to the pub. It was only about a half mile walk, and mm. we were working all day. And like I said, teachers all knew it was never a thing. That never really even had to have a note. It was just all right. Bye, McHughes. <laughs> See you <good> guys. Work. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I grew up doing that. So um, then, just as a street party, as we've kind of gone along. It, I think it's gotten bigger and bigger, and the reputation has kind of gotten bigger as well, which is obviously great. And it's it's just a lot of fun. I mean, it's a lot of work, but it's it's so much fun. It's it's my favorite day of the year. I usually wind up working about twenty four hours straight. Mm-hmm. Wow! But it doesn't feel like work. It's mm. so much fun. The it's I I can't say enough about it. It's it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get caught up in it. Um, and specifically myself, Craig and I have been caught up in it a couple of years. So it's usually spring training, 
um, is happening around the same time as 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 the uh, St. Patrick's Day event. And I remember we weren't at this particular office location. I think we were at the other one, but we went for lunch because it's like, okay, it's St. Patrick's Day. Molly's has food, so let's go. Let's go get some awesome food. And um, I'm embarrassed but proud at the same time to admit that we didn't leave this one this one um, St. Patrick's Day. We got there for lunch, and, and then eventually Craig was like, I think it's time for you to go, Chris Ann. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. It's, but- it's, it's, one of those, it's a fun day just because mm. it's one of those that a lot of even, obviously, our, our locals that we have now, um, come in, but even a lot of the old guard that are, say, married and have kids now and can't go out as much as they used to, all of them come, and it's just a great time. It's, it, I don't know, it's, it feels like it's just a celebration of everything that we do all year and everything that we've done for the last 25 years. Each year, that just feels like a celebration of that, and I think that's it's a beautiful thing, and it's, it's so much fun for us. Have you ever been to the St. Patty's Day celebration? Nate? I have not, but I'm I'm, I'm definitely interested. There you in... go. <laughs> what are you doing in a couple of yeah, hours? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. First beer. <laughs> <on me. laughs> um, so let's. Okay, so you've got this awesome celebration. Then you're going to take a break. Obviously, you're going to hopefully go to sleep and and have a day off after St. Patrick's Day is over. But what are you most looking forward to as as your tenure as a leader starts to grow and develop? What are you most excited about with Molly's? Any ideas in the pipelines, any things that you're wanting to do long-term going forward? I think with Molly's, a lot of the kind of what makes it so special is that we've stayed true to what we do for our whole existence, 25 years now. Um, so, Nate, I don't know if you've came to the pub but we don't have any tvs no jukeboxes anything like that it's um really we when dad opened it up he tried to make it as much like the pubs back home and the pubs back in ireland are it's the center of the community basically mm-hmm. is the pub if funerals you go to the pub weddings you go to the pub events you go to the pub it's just what people do and it's where people go to socialize so that's kind of what we want for the pub we want the pub to be somewhere where people come and just meet people and talk to people and build relationships with people. And I think that is festered by not having TVs because I don't know about you guys, but if I walk into a bar and I'm by myself and there's a TV, I'll just sit there and watch TV. Mm -hmm. I don't have to talk to anyone. I'm watching the game, whatever. Right. If you walk into a bar and you're by yourself, you're kind of, and there's no TVs, you're kind of forced to talk to somebody, Mm -hmm. whether it be the bartender, the person next to you, whatever. And I think that's how, I've seen it myself. That's how you build relationships. That's how you build friendships. I see it every day. Like someone will come in and like, whether it be they, they're coming here to drink their sorrows or whatever. And they're sad. Um, they'll come in and have a couple beers and get talking to people and they'll, there's their new best friend. Right. And it's, it's amazing. I, I mean, I think just Monday night, actually, a gentleman was in, he said he was a EMT and he was, he said, you could tell he that didn't, had just had the roughest day mm. and he was like every call of the day was just terrible i'd never seen him before and um so he came in and he basically told me he was coming in to drink his sorrows and I was like, right, oh boy but. yeah so then 10 15 minutes goes by he's drinking his beer he gets talking to the person next to him they go play pool they meet a couple more people and at, by the end of the night the guy came in and he was like this is exactly what i needed this oh. is just like I don't want to be sad anymore. Like this is just what I needed, and I think that's the beautiful thing of a pu- of having a neighborhood pub is just being able to uplift people and people come in and meet people and 
I, I just think it's beautiful. So with that, I don't want to change anything about that. That's, mm. that's just, that's what we do. That's, that's the vision that it's always been. That's kind of the direction that I always see the pub being in. What, what's your uh, hope for Lakeland then as far as growth within the five, next five to 10 years around what you guys are doing? Yeah, I mean, growth is always good. The more people that come to Lakeland, the more people that live in downtown, work in downtown, the better for us. Yeah. Um, and I think having that entertainment district down there is, mm. is great. So I think there's so many bars that do different things and they all do it well. And everyone down there is so smart and we all kind of, each person has their niche and each person runs that. So when, for instance, like me, when I see other bars come to Lakeland, a lot of people, they'll come to me and they'll say like, Jack, there's more competition. Right. How do you feel about this? Mm. But it's not because the more of a draw that downtown Lakeland has, Boom. people are going to bounce around. People mm. are going to like, for me, if someone comes down to go to a certain bar, they're going to stop by Molly's. Mm-hmm. I know they are. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that I, I welcome it. Like, mm. and I think it, it only adds to what we offer. So with that, I, I'd love to see Lakeland grow even more. I think it's it's grown so much in the 25 years we've been around. It's it's crazy to see. Yeah. Um. And I'd I'd love to see that continue. Well, and and, and that's another testament to the wisdom that I talked about that you have. Um, seeing competition as a good thing for the uh, the betterment of all. Right. So if we have saturation, we have more people coming downtown. There is people feel comfortable in places that aren't crowded. Right. So if you yeah. only had one bar. And there's 150 people in it. Nobody's gonna want to hang out there. You know, you probably couldn't have that many people, but you know what I mean. But now you have places for them to kind of go from one place to the other, to the other, to the other, and that's just good for everybody. Yeah, and I, I want to see success of the downtown as a whole of all the businesses down there. Like, obviously, I want us to be successful, but I don't want us to be successful and our neighbors to do poorly, like or the mm. people across the street do poorly. Yeah. Right, right. That's just I want us to do well. You guys to do. Well. I want all of us to do well. Of course, I hope we do a little bit better, but I want all of us to do well, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if yeah, I'm yeah. honest, yeah. yeah. But I want all of us to do well. If we're all doing well, and then that's just going to, if you're doing well, then that's going to help me do better. Right. You know? mm-hmm. so, so Iron sharpens gonna, iron. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. But as far as the pub is concerned with development, I think we've kind of been stubborn and staying so true to ourselves that we haven't really came as far as like social media and like mm-hmm. um, what you guys do, like marketing yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. We're not very good at that. Um, we, uh, I'm trying to get better at it. So we've always kind of, we were, we grew up on the values as kids and stuff as like, just work hard, work hard, work hard, work mm-hmm. hard. So for us, it was always just like, put your head down and work, like, and like learn the pub, learn how to deal with people. Um, that's always been what we've been good at is the face to face. But as far as online and um, things like Instagram, Facebook, all that. Yeah, we always we haven't really been good at it, and I'm I haven't been good at it. I think I was telling Chris Han before I came in here, I may be 23, but as far as like <laughs> tech and social media and all that, I may as well be a 70 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm not good at it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm trying to teach myself how to be better at it, and slowly getting better. I just learned how to use the portrait mode on your iPhone. And, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 get ready for it. <laughs> nice, nice. Here it comes. Nice. So, yeah. um, no, so yeah. that that's kind of a testament to how bad at it I am. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it's important to obviously realize where you can get better, and mm. I think that's that's the main area that I could get better at. And, and I guess 
if anyone's out there that, that could help me with that. Uh, you well, know. you know, we can help you with that. So we, we, we definitely yeah. need to talk. I think Craig had mentioned um, somebody had talked to him about some stuff. So we'll, we'll, get, we'll take care yeah. of that. But I want to tell a story um, because I helped Alex with some of the Facebook stuff early on before you had come over. And um, so I'm an admin on the Facebook page. And so I'm telling the audience a story of this young person who Facebook messaged the Molly's page and said, my name is Molly McHugh from, I don't know where that person was. In New York, I think. New York, right? So she sends this message and I I don't respond. I just see this message come through. And then I, I suddenly I see her reply going, oh my God, that is so awesome. Thank you so much. And basically Jack was like, I'm sending you a t-shirt. Like <laughs> I need to know what size you want nice, to have. So nice, she wanted to nice. have a Molly McHugh's t-shirt. Um, and I just, I just, you are naturally going to get it. It's just the technical steps that you're going to need to learn. But also, don't forget that part of being a leader is delegating and not necessarily you having to learn it all, but knowing that you have the people in the right places to do the right things based on the goals and the metrics that you're, you're, you're expecting. So you being taught excellence at your internships and your previous jobs, now it's your turn to start to say, hey, I expect excellence, but I'm not going to be the one doing it. Mm. I'm going to be the one yeah, <laughs> asking yeah, somebody yeah. else yeah. to do it. It's, it's, it that's, I think that's the challenging part is mm-hmm. being able to kind of step, step back. And as we grow, I'm gonna need to. And yeah. yeah, so that's that's somewhere I'll I'll get better at it eventually. But so let's talk. You were you had I think before we started recording, you said something about um, the way that you're gonna be doing beer going forward. I think what's really cool about and you're saying staying true, but I think you've you've kind of do- dove into her. Have you guys ever done anything with craft beers at all? So we got we we do stuff with craft beers. We still have craft beers. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I took over at Molly's, we had five different IPAs on tap, which like we're an Irish pub, like mm. that's 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 a bit much, like, right? Got it. Um, so one of one of the things I've really tried to get back to is getting back to your traditional Irish pub beers. Um, so people walk into Irish pub, you gotta have a Guinness, you gotta, mm-hmm. have, but the, beyond that, you gotta have Smittix, you gotta have Harp, you gotta have Killian's, you gotta have Kilkenny, like all these old traditional Irish beers that when we first opened that was why we were so successful was because it was something different people were so sick of Budweiser or Bud Light mm-hmm. or, which I'm not throwing any shade those are great beers but it was what everyone in in Polk County that had mm. been that's what they had been drinking for their whole lives they had never tried anything else so I think getting back to these traditional Irish pub beers um is something that I've worked towards and we still keep keep craft around right. um so we have a couple we have two taps, I think, now that I, I I mix it mix it up with craft beers, so it still meets that meets that I guess demographic. But we're not I in no way want us to be a craft beer bar. Right. Mm. So you're balancing that customer service. Like if I come in and I I like McUltra or I like Bud Light, you're gonna you're gonna provide that to me in a bottle, probably not on a yeah, tap. Correct. Um, but you also are realizing you're staying on brand, and yeah. I love that this is your brand. You know, this is who we are. Yeah. We're not deviating from that. We're staying the course. We're not gonna you know. And and I think a lot of times businesses try to be all things to all people. Yeah. And this is a lesson of how to stay on brand. And I I just I commend you on on getting back to that initial. Yeah. I don't know vision. where I heard it, but someone told me once, and it's it, it's very true. It's a great saying that you can't be all things to all people. You have mm. to be everything to some people. Yeah. Everything to some people. Yeah. yeah, I love that. 
So I don't know. I, I, again, I want to. I want us to cater to everyone. I think every, there's something for everyone at the pub. I don't think that any. We have a full liquor selection. I don't think anyone can walk into the bar, bar and not find something that they want. Right. So, yeah. but just staying true to what we do is um, very important to me, and I think that's what's helped us. We haven't. We're not big on the gimmicks. We just kind mm-hmm. of. I look at it as we do things simple, but we do the simple stuff well. Mm-hmm. And if you do all the simple stuff well, then it's going to usually turn out well. Right. And I think that's why you had such a hard time going out and being on the street when you had to try and sell um, during the shutdown. You know, that that's felt gimmicky to you. You know, it that did, wasn't, yeah. it yeah. wasn't authentic. It wasn't mm-hmm. who you yeah. are. Yeah. And yeah. so it felt like it was forced and yeah. you were like, I can't do this. It felt, yeah, it felt very like disingenuous to just feel like, all right, here you go. Because just the way it worked, we had to sell things more expensive than your, a liquor store. Because right. we, we don't buy in the bill that they did and everything like that. So it felt like disingenuous to just be like, all right, yeah, I'm going to charge you $5 more than the liquor store. Here's your bottle. Mm-hmm. I'm not e- I can't even sit here and talk to you while you drink it. Right. Like, Have a nice know, day. Deal, yeah, deal but, I, but I think at that time, everyone was really looking for ways to support the businesses that they they could, you know, and so it was it was almost like that came out of us as consumers that we wanted to go find a way to support our businesses. And so you weren't necessarily asking them to pay more. We were, we were wanting to pay more. (laughs) It it was, it was, that was, that was the cool part is a lot of people were that same way. And that, that was just so touching to us that people would come by and like, I don't care that I have to do this. I just, I want to see you guys, you guys make it. And that, that felt so good that like people cared that much about us the way Mm -hmm. they thought to do that. It really, it, it was, very touching yeah yeah and and I'll, we're gonna have to bring you over to the house and let you see what alex was able to help his dad build when uh, there I was a, pictures. Did you yeah, see pictures you we'll job, have yeah. to have you over so yeah during the shutdown alex came over and worked with craig and build our back deck back up yeah and okay. so and we, we it really looks nice like it is it's very very cool huh. and and so some of the good things that came out yeah. of, of the think, pandemic I too as far as to the consumer i i've found that so many people now are so much more focused on local. Yeah. So mm-hmm. everybody, everybody wants to shop local. Everyone wants to eat local. I think that's awesome. Yes. Because I mean, it's just it's so great to see that people want what's best for the people that live in Lakeland. Mm-hmm. They, I think people it helped people understand that these people that own these local businesses are also part of this community. And if we want this community to do well, then these local businesses need to do well. And I think that that realization that everyone had it was just awesome and yeah. i think it's continued yeah. as we've reopened and as everywhere is reopened i think so many you talk to so many people and they're okay paying a dollar more for their food mm. they're okay paying ten dollars more for a shirt because they know that they're helping someone who lives in their community someone who their kids go to school together they go to the same publics like they just understand <laughs> that um they're helping someone who lives here and i think i think that's awesome yeah i think a part of it too is that the authenticity of of what you guys are bringing to the table i feel like because of covid it it heightened that people wanted they knew what was fake and they knew what was real yeah and i think that's huge yeah it's awesome to walk into a restaurant and know the person that cooked your food is the owner of that restaurant yeah Yeah. a cool feeling Yeah. yeah the relationship is is so much more magnified by the true connection that you have to the mm. people that to the you know the relationship you have to the 
to the location to the place I love being able to say hello to the owner when I go into some yeah. when, when I go in some place, mm. and that comes from my childhood when my dad owned the Hallmark store in Winterhaven. Mm. You know, everybody knew him, and he was part of. He was not a you know working on the business. He was always working in the business, being a part of of the day to day. And you know, I just I, lo- I love that. I love it when people come in. Is Mister Long here? Yeah, and they just yeah. wanted to say hello. Yeah. You know, so um, well, this has been fun. I hope you enjoyed. Is there anything you want the audience to know? Um, any calls to action? Any invitation? Um, come see us down at the pub. If you've never, if you've never been to Molly's, um, please come see us. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to meet all you guys. Um, so yeah, just come down to the pub and let's have a great time. And let's and let's see you down at St. Patrick's Day tonight. Yeah, um, we'll see you guys then. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And remember, we have a new episode each week. So be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And remember to leave us a review. We promise to read every one. You can always find all of our episodes at Elevate Polk. And if there's something you want to hear or a story about an entrepreneur in Polk County that you'd like us to interview um, on an upcoming episode, reach out to us on Facebook at Elevate Polk. Mm-hmm.